Hi, and welcome to the Celebrating Autism podcast. I am your host, Melanie, and I am a special education teacher, and I also have a master's degree in special education with an emphasis in autism. This is a podcast for teachers, parents, and other professionals who want to learn practical strategies and tools to create a world that caters to all people, including individuals on the autism spectrum. Along the way, you will get to hear some amazing stories that celebrate autism and are guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So let's get started on our journey to making our world a more inclusive place, one strategy at a time, along with improving the lives of people with autism and their families. In this episode, we are going to be circling back to a topic that we talked about last week, and that is giving choices. Sarah and I talked last week about different ways that you can provide choice to your students and how that can avoid potential power struggles. This is an easy strategy to add to your classroom or home routine. So let's get started and I hope you enjoy. Before we get started, I just want to give a special shout out to a young lady named Lexi who reached out to me on Instagram. Lexi is 21 years old and she is selling friendship bracelets, keychains, and necklaces in order to go on a special trip this summer. So please check out her Instagram. She is working super hard and she has some really cute photos of her bracelets on her page. Her page is Lexi's Dream Bracelets. So that's L E X I S and then Dream Bracelets. Definitely check her out, follow her, give her a shout out, tell her how awesome she's doing, and buy some bracelets so she can go on her special trip. In this episode, we are circling back to giving choices to our students. Sarah and I talked a little bit about this last week, and we talked about how when you give voice and choice to your students, you can really avoid the power struggle. When you're giving choices to students, you're giving control over how they show their learning. And as teachers, we always feel like we need to have the control at all times, and we need to deliver the information and the students need to show their learning in the same way so that it's easy for us to grade and it's easy for us to follow a rubric. But even though it's easy for us, it might not be easy for all of our students. We really have to think about that our students learn in all different ways and all of our students have different strengths. Some students might be really artistic or others might have a business mind. Other students might be really great writers and storytellers, and that's how they show their learning. We really have to think about each individual learning need, and I know that that sounds really hard, but I promise you, if we are really exploring this with our students, our students are going to have so much more buy-in to what we're teaching, and the engagement is going to go way up. When you give students a little bit of control then they're not going to argue with you as much. There's not going to be that back and forth power struggle. You're still having them show their learning of the standard that you're teaching and the concept that you're teaching, but they get to show it in a way that serves them. For example, let's say you have a student whose strength is art, uh, but he or she really struggles with writing and writing is so frustrating. And anytime you bring up writing, it's a big meltdown or a big back and forth struggle and you can barely get any good quality of work out of that student. You don't really know what that student has learned from what you've taught because you've just spent the past half hour or so just trying to pull teeth and get good writing out of this student and and you don't know if they learned anything. 
For this student, it would be a really great idea to provide the choice of showing their learning via making a poster or maybe even a clay sculpture, anything artistic where this student can show what they learned from what you taught, but they get to have control over how they are producing it. You're still teaching that same standard, but you're just allowing that student more opportunity to be engaged because they're doing what they love while they're showing their learning. Now this can create less frustration for the teacher and the student because the focus isn't on the frustrating writing task. It's on, do they know the concept that you just taught? And you'll be able to see that in the work that they produced. So for example, spelling is really frustrating for a lot of my students. It can be a really big bottleneck when we are doing any sort of writing or any sort of activity that involves writing or answering questions. And so when we practice our spelling words, I give students a lot of options for how we can practice our spelling words. Um, and you can go on Pinterest, you can Google different ideas, but some of the ideas that have worked really well for me are using foil and having students write with Sharpies, having students practice on the whiteboard, having students write their spelling words on the computer in a Google Doc, having magnetic letters available for students to practice their spelling words, chalk. You could even do some water painting where you just take cups of water and some paintbrushes and the students can go outside and write their spelling words on the pavement. That is a super easy, cost-effective way to practice spelling words. And it gets students outside, it gets them moving, and it's something different than just paper and pencil. Another way I offer choice in the classroom, which is super easy, is if I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student and I'm going to set a timer and I say, okay, we're going to work on this math page for the next five minutes. And when the five minutes is over, then you can have whatever you're working for. When I set that timer, I build in choice by asking the student, do you want to set the timer or do you want me to? Then the students just made a choice. I'm still having the timer run no matter what. We're still going to work on this for five minutes, but did I just give you a little bit of control to set it or did I just give you control to have me set it? So that's a really good way to build in choice to give that student some power. This is something that you can do at home as well with the timer. So for example, if bedtime is in five minutes, you can have your timer on your phone and say, okay, we're going to go get ready for bed in five minutes. Do you want to set the timer or do you want me to? And it just makes it a nice way to get that power struggle out of the way. It kind of makes it so that you feel like they're important and they're having some say in how the timer is set. Regardless, there's going to be a timer. And that student is going to have to stop what they're doing at the end of the timer. But in this case, you've given some control uh, to your student or to your child at home. Once you start getting into the habit of providing choice, then you'll find that you just start to do it naturally. So when you're in your classroom and you're giving an assignment, even if you know that it's not going to be a struggle or it's not a frustrating task, you can even still provide choice just to prevent any potential struggles. Do you want to do this? assignment with a colored pencil or a pencil? Do you want to do it with a crayon or a marker? Do you want to do it on white paper or do you want to show it on a poster? If you have all of these things available in your classroom or at home, then you can always provide it as a choice. Now, I think something that we really have to think about is we need to let go of how the work gets done. If the work is getting done and we know the student has learned the standard, 
why do we care if they wrote a five paragraph essay versus a really great Google slide that had pictures and animation and really cool transitions and still showed me that they learned the concept, but they didn't struggle through writing five paragraphs because writing is really hard for them. And they were probably going to focus all of their focus on how hard it was instead of letting go of that really frustrating task and just being able to show learning. When you can take the frustration out of learning, then it just is going to flow naturally. This is the core point of providing choice, not just eliminating the power struggle, but to get rid of that tension, that frustration, that anxiety, and just letting the learning flow out and come naturally. So for some of your students, making choices might be really difficult. And if this is the case, then when you're providing choice, make sure you're providing one choice that is easy and that you know the student will pick. And then you're giving another choice that the student probably won't pick. That way, after you deliver what and you ask what choice they want, you it's easy for them to choose. That way you can reinforce the fact that they just made a choice. As you offer more choices down the line, it'll be easy for them to make a choice because you've reinforced that behavior and it's going to happen more often. So let's say, for example, your student who has a hard time making choices really hates writing. And I always circle back to writing because when I think about all of my students overall, writing is the most frustrating task for all of them. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the spelling. Maybe it's because it just feels too hard, but That's what it is. So let's say your student who has a hard time making choices hates writing and you want to do a simple five sentence paragraph um, focusing on opinion writing because when you're focusing on an opinion, it's all about the student and what they like and it gives them some buy-in right off the bat. Let's say your student really likes hockey, for example. You just want your student to produce five sentences. That's all. It's stating their opinion, and that's all you're looking for. You just want to know, are they able to state their opinion and give a topic sentence, three reasons why, and a conclusion. Now, at this point, who cares about the subject matter? You are just needing that student to put something down on the paper. So in providing choice, you're about to do opinion writing. You can ask that student, Do you want to write about hockey or do you want to write about social studies? Obviously, this student, because I know him so well, is going to pick hockey. So there we go. He's made a choice. I'm going to reinforce him. Oh, great job making a choice. That sounds like a great thing to talk about. And then you work through it, starting with the topic, the three details, and the end. Now, as you go through this, there are more opportunities to build in choice. You can say... Do you want to type this on the computer or do you want to write it on paper? Do you want to write on the whiteboard or do you want to write on paper? At the end of the day, I am just looking for, does the student know how to write an opinion piece? Do they have great sentence structure? Are they spelling their words correctly? Are they using proper capitals and periods? proper spacing, all of those things that I look for in writing? Are they doing all those things so that I can know, do they have the skill or not? This is a great way to build in choice and to gear it towards a student's interest to create that buy-in. 
Now, I know some of you might be thinking, well, I have this really big class and I don't know how to make it so that each of my students can show their strengths and their learning based on what they're most passionate about. If you go back to the resources page under episode six, there are two examples of what are called playlists. Now, a playlist is a really good way to provide voice and choice for your students and allow them to choose which way they want to show their learning, and you give one topic. So it's kind of like a menu. So you would put the topic at the top, and then you would have a table of six different choices. Now you could do six, you could do four, you could do two. But if you allow six different choices, then you're creating more opportunity for students to show learning. So for example, if you are teaching adding and subtracting fractions, this is the example that's on the resources page. In your playlist, you have six different options of how the students can show that they know how to add and subtract fractions. They can create a Google form. They can create task cards. They can make a poster. They can do an online portfolio reflection if you use Seesaw or Mobibacks or Google Classroom, Flipgrid, any of those things that you can do to create that digital component. They can do, they can design a Kahoot. You should look into Kahoot. It's a really fun way that students can make quizzes online and then they can share them with their classmates. Another option for students to show their learning is a game design. They can build a board game. When you open up these options to your students, you'll be so surprised at what they come up with. And you might think, oh, well, I wouldn't even know how to design a game board uh, that could be played in showing, adding, and subtracting fractions. Well, that doesn't matter because this is your student's way of showing learning. And if they are really into that, then they'll figure it out. And they'll probably design a game that you never even would have come up with in your life. And that's the beauty of teaching is learning from your students sometimes. You deliver the information, you deliver the overall standard, and then you let them take the lead and they'll come up with things that'll really blow your mind. So go check out that example of playlist on the resources page of the website. It's under episode six. Sarah and I talked about it a little bit last week. There's another example on the resources page of a playlist for language arts and It's a Google slide in the form of a tic-tac-toe board. So you come up with nine activities uh, that are language arts related that are geared towards what you're learning about or the unit that you're covering. And you create these nine different activities and the students have to complete the three three activities of the nine, but making a tic-tac-toe so they can go down, across, or diagonal. So this really provides a lot of students choice because they can look at these nine activities and say, okay, well, I really want to make a memory game using my spelling words, but I don't really want to make a comic book of this week's spelling words. And if I make a memory game, then if I go across, then I have to make a comic book. But if I go down, then I can watch this brain pop video. And then if I keep going down, then I can do opinion writing and that'll be okay. So you're really providing this strategy and choice and it really makes it a game and it makes it really engaging. So definitely go check out those resources. Playlists are really easy to make. You can just make it on a Google slide or in a Google doc. And I usually display it on the 
screen in my classroom and then I print out a paper copy so that students can kind of carry it around with them as a map of, okay, I did this, I'm going to cross it off and they can visually see, well, I can either go down or across or diagonal and they can kind of make their map as they go. I've even had students do an activity on the tic-tac-toe board and then change their mind about the direction that they wanted to go and start in a whole new direction. And now instead of doing three activities, they've done four activities, which is great. I really like playlists a lot. It really builds in some really great choice and engagement. It really gives good opportunities for independent work time. While students are doing their playlists, you can pull kids one-on-one to work with them, or you can work with kids in small groups and really target instruction to each kid's individual needs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions at all about providing choice in your classroom or at home, please let me know. There are so many ways that you can do this easily. And once you just start doing it, it'll really come naturally to you and you'll start to see that there are so many ways that you can just offer two choices really quickly. And that way you can really reduce that power struggle and make everybody's learning so engaging in the way that they want to show their work. Also, please make sure you check out that resources page if you want visuals of the playlists. And if you have any questions about playlists, please let me know. You can message me on Instagram at the Celebrating Autism Podcast. And on the Instagram, you can find the link to our website and all of the episodes from the podcast are on there as well. So please go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Celebrating Autism Podcast. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or you just want to talk. And I look forward to seeing you next week for more Celebrating Autism. Thanks. Thanks.